0: On the block, on demand. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this
1: week. I may have some news for you in a moment.
0: Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 (laughs) games this year.
1: Continue standing by.
0: Okay, not 10.
2: 25-footer. Yes! Off the glass and in! An assassin! Stone Cold! I just told him they were going to win by 20. The Bills make me want to Taylor going to take his shot. Throwing end zone. He's got Watkins. Touchdown. They didn't look into heart. They didn't look into my heart. The Boston Red Sox are world
0: champions. This is On The Block. Here is your host, Brent Axe. Here on ESPN Radio. 97.7. 100.1. ESPN Radio. Utica, Rome. What's happening in Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board today. If you're listening online, they do have the internet on computers now. ESPNSyracuse.com. Or the ESPN app. What a terrific way to listen to the program. You can download the ESPN app. Find the Listen tab, and uh, off you go. Wherever you go, we'll go with you, my friends. Uh, you know we're on Alexa? Tell Alexa to play WTLA. Let's, I'm going to try it right now, see if it works. You got your Alexas on out there, everybody? Let's. I'm going to try this right now. Ready? Alexa, play WTLA. There you go. My work here is done. 437-7644, that's the phone number. You can tweet us, Brent Dax Media. You can hit the on-the-block text line at two eight eight zero six four four. If you want to participate in the program, I would advise you to do it sometime in this hour of the program because next hour we are jammed to the gills. Three guests will join us. Jim Beheim, head coach of the Orange. will stop by for his weekly chat here on the block. Bob Valvano, terrific radio host for ESPN 680 in Louisville. You know, Bob, of course, his brother Jim former NC State coach, he's a college basketball play-by-play announcer, analyst, and terrific radio host in Louisville. So we'll get the skinny on the Syracuse-Louisville football game, certainly discuss the Louisville basketball as well and how life has gone on post-Rick Patino. And then Dino Babers, the head coach of the Orange, will join us for his weekly spot here on the block. Thanks, Brent. It's all next hour, so you want to get in, baby. I would suggest uh, sometime before uh, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So those guests will join us. We'll do hot takes as normal. We'll talk some hoops today. We'll get into all of it and looking forward to hearing from you throughout the afternoon at 437 7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. Sometimes you have to go exploring, you have to go where no man is willing to go. You've got to be the man that looks at that wave too daunting too high. It's suicide. But you got to grab your board and you got to get in. You got to paddle. Right? Because Johnny Utah let you go. Because you knew you wouldn't come back. Sometimes you got to look over that cliff. And you got to say to yourself, probably not going to make it, but I'm going to jump. Because that guy over there said, after I told him I killed my wife, he said, I didn't care. So I'm just going to take this leap here and see what happens, right? I'm using a lot of bad movie references for this. Basically what I'm saying is sometimes you have to go somewhere where others are not willing to go. And in this case, the others are my fellow writers on Syracuse.com. See, every week, my good friend Jason Murray, sports manager, Syracuse.com, forces the football staff, those of us at Syracuse.com the cover football, to make predictions. We are forced by Jason Murray. Not really, but... we. we, Let me put it to you this way. Three weeks in a row, because I have not gotten my picks in on time, I owe the... We have a little meeting every week. I owe the rest of the crew donuts. I take this prediction so seriously that I always forget to submit the darn thing, and then i got to buy everybody donuts for the meeting. That's by my own fault, okay? So... Take that for what it's worth, but in all seriousness, you know, we put the picks up every week, and it's a great read about how we feel about the team, and it's funny to see how the picks go, and usually you can get a varied sense of a game. You can get a broad sense of a game from, you know, different voices. Myself and Chris Carlson and Nate Mink and Stephen Bailey, our great photographer, Dennis Nett, Jason himself. Now, to his credit, Jason throws himself into the wind It makes picks as well. Sometimes it is a varied voice. Sometimes it is a unified voice. Sometimes it goes straight across the board. It just seems that obvious, and you kind of go from there. I knew when I hit submit on this pick, late again, and now I owe people donuts, again, that I would be the lone wolf. I would be a voice searching for answers and searching by myself. So, lo and behold, this morning, when our predictions were published on Syracuse.com and in your post-standard newspaper, I was the lone voice that has selected the Syracuse football team to win Saturday at Louisville. I really wish I had glanced at the weather forecast before I made that prediction, because apparently it's going to be pretty windy for this game. So, yeah, good job there. Weather.com, Louisville, if you see rain and wind, that you, I don't know if it would have altered my pick, honestly. And I'm not sh- sure how much it would favor one team or the other. But I think it's time. I think it's time that Syracuse wins a game on the road, a significant road win under Dino Babers. I think it is time that they finally snap a pretty bad streak. You look at their record in November in recent years, it is not good. This is a month that has not been kind to Syracuse football. And to do this in the wake of a 64-43 win to, no pun intended, Wake Forest, with a good quarterback who exposed the Syracuse defense in John Wolford. Well, Lamar Jackson is John Wolford on steroids. Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Perhaps you've heard Bob Velvano will fill us in on just how good he has been a little bit later in the show. But you know... As Dino Babers has said this week, and we'll talk to Coach later in the show, in our weekly chat, of course, but as he said this week, Lamar Jackson's going to get his. You're just If your plan isn't, if in order to win this football game, we need to stop this person, that's usually sound logic. In this case, if you accomplish it, you should get a medal, because no one stops Lamar Jackson. Can you slow down? Can you frustrate? Can you throw him off his game? Sure he can. You know, He's not invincible. He's had some bad games. He's got a really bad offensive line. He's got a really bad defense. I saw our good friend Brian Higgins put this out today that Lamar Jackson has accounted for 77% of the Louisville offense, which, by the way, Eric Dungy, I think, is up around 68% if you take last week's game out because he didn't play. And he's probably not going to play this game. I would imagine when the injury report comes out later, he'll be listed as questionable on Dino's radio show tonight, which you can hear on TK99 right here, ESPN Radio, AM 1200. At 7 o'clock from Shaughnessy's Irish Pub, downtown Syracuse. The Marriott downtown Syracuse, great spot where we do our pregame show for home games that he will cleverly, as coach is very good at doing, explain that it's going to be pretty much, and I will ask him, of course, coming up too, but I think we know how he's going to answer this. It's going to be the same process as last week, but I would not put any of your hard-earned dollars, for entertainment purposes only, of course, on counting on Eric Dungy to play in this football game. So why would I pick Syracuse? It's actually partially based on the advice of Dino Babers, believe it or not. And here's here's the thing with that, so... When I get Coach on, we usually tape our interviews ahead of time. When I get him on, he's kind of he kind of jokes around with me a little bit about my picks, right? You didn't pick us to win. You picked us to win. He you know, likes to break my chops about that a little bit. And simply this week, and I said, got him on. I said, okay, Coach, you know, I don't know, what to do with my pick this week. And he just said, go with your gut. Just go with your gut. I really do feel in my gut they can win this game. This isn't just something to go against the grain, try something new. My record-picking games this year, I don't even know. I didn't even look. I think I'm like 5-3, and three or it's not that good. But is it that crazy to suggest that they can win this football game? And I know what Wake Forest did last week, and I'm taking a certain leap of faith that you're not going to give up 64 points this week. I am taking a leap of faith that the Syracuse defense, while it will give up points, and Lamar Jackson will get his... And the offense has to respond. And Zach Mahoney has to pretty much carbon copy what he did last week, if not do more. I'm taking a big leap of faith on those things. But I am also just looking at this saying, look, once you get past the Lamar Jackson thing, this is a beatable football team. Can you kind of, it's like when you're playing a really good basketball team and the star scores 30 points, but they still lose. You know, I I get it. Basketball and football aren't the same thing. But look at Louisville's schedule this year. They've been in a lot of high-scoring games. Some they've won, some they've lost. I've watched Louisville a bunch this year. And I've come away every time saying, Boy, Lamar Jackson's really good. The rest of that team, they're okay. There is a way to do this. We just talk ourselves into these things and it just becomes like mythology. It just becomes this tall tale. Timing is everything. This has been a weird year. This is a season, no matter what, where Syracuse defeated Clemson, defeated one of the top teams in the country, and you need some weird things to go your way for it to happen. That was Friday the 13th. They knocked their star quarterback out of the game, and a number of breaks went their way. You need that to beat top teams like that. I haven't won a game since. So for me to make this prediction coming off of a poor defensive performance given the spot that they're in, the quarterback on the other side of the field – it goes against conventional thinking, but it's it's just that's it, the way it's been. So I'm almost pulling a Costanza here. I'm almost going with the George Costanza opposite theory in picking Syracuse here. So I have wandered alone into the wilderness and must learn how to make a fire. And I will sit here by my fire and I will wonder until about seven o'clock Saturday night. If that lone voice was right and come out of the woods and be triumphantly praised for having the courage to make such a selection, or if I can stay there and never come out again. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644, Syracuse, Louisville. It's all the cliches. It's everything. I don't even have to say it's a must win. You know it's a must win. Finding a way. To beat this team. Bob Velvon will give us more insight on this Louisville team later. But the way they do it is you just kind of absorb the blow of what Lamar Jackson does and find other ways to do it. I'm a little concerned about the weather. But how much of a, f- if it is as windy and rainy as the forecast says it could be? The Syracuse running game. So that See, that's the natural thought, right? Well, if it's a rainy game, if it's a windy game, who's going to run the ball better? The Syracuse running game, unfortunately, has gone against the Dino Babers mantra this year, which is be consistently good, not occasionally great. The Syracuse running game has been exactly the opposite of that. They've been occasionally great. Right? Zach Mahoney can run the football, but he's not Eric Dungy running the football, and even if I'm wrong about Dungeon. He plays in this game. There's he is nowhere near as effective. He is nowhere near as quick. He is nowhere near as confident. I mean he's a confident kid, but you're out for a week and you got to get back out there. It takes a bit to get the juices flowing, but what he's got going for him or Zach's got going for him is that's a bad Louisville defense. You can score on this team. The advantage that Lamar Jackson had last year is he could go out and dominate and do Lamar Jackson things, and they had a good enough defense to shut down the other side on certain possessions. This Louisville team doesn't stop anybody. Go look at their schedule. Everybody they play with, except except Kent State and Mercer, can score on this team. What can Syracuse do? Yes, even if it's a little windy out there, even if the weather doesn't quite go their way, it's much easier to do in the comforts of the carrier dome, but look, Trends have to break at some point. This team's got to win a game on the road. And given the desperation they're at, the embarrassment of last week, who knows the mental state that Louisville's, and I want to ask Bob about this later, but, you know, they've won six games. They're bowl eligible. It's already a, you know, a team that, no matter what happens, had a disappointing season by their standards. We talked to our friend Mike Lissette yesterday, WDRB, down there in Louisville, and he said that, you know, everybody's kind of moved on to basketball, and football is just kind of there. And it's Syracuse could have an opportunity here emotionally to go down there and do something that I haven't done. So, may the force be with us, and hopefully, the dreaded curse of the axe man does not strike. I took the advice of the head coach, and I went with my gut. Thanks, Brent. And my gut said pick Syracuse. So here we go. We'll break on that note. We can talk more about that. want to talk some hoops coming up, hot takes on the way, and then a very busy 5 o'clock hour. Jim Beheim, Bob Velvano, Dino Baber. Stay right there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Thank you, voice man. On the Block is presented by Burdick Toyota. Busy, busy 5 o'clock hour coming up. Looking forward to it. Jim Beheim, Bob Valvano, Dino Babers, all coming up. Let's hit the phones right now. They'll talk a little more Syracuse football. Then Mike Waters did a really cool article today, which I was kind of like half a consultant on. And what I found out in consulting on this article about comparing current Syracuse players, the current roster, to former Syracuse players is, I'm not very good at this game. So we'll get into that a little bit coming up. First, Stephen Baldwinsville on the block with us here at 437-7644. Hey, Steve.
2: X, how are you, sir?
0: I'm great. What, what's happening, man?
2: Now, just just really quick before I, I, I make my point, should you not uh, come out of every break with Pearl Jam?
0: I would uh, approve that, like, tomorrow, if that were the case. We should have, we've got the regular bump, we've got the 80s bump, we should add a Pearl Jam bump. We'll have, like, Pearl I, Jam days. I'm all for it, man.
2: I think so. Hey, Brent. And you might have actually retweeted this the other night. I'm not sure, but I, I think Stephen Bailey uh, had this originally. It was a quote from uh, Steve Ishmael, where he essentially said that we're going to have to go out and win these last two ball games and bowl games for Eric, essentially inferring that he's not playing the rest of the year, no matter what happens. Uh, I, I haven't heard anybody really speak to that, and I, I think it's kind of a an important deal for anyone that that actually hopes that. Uh, Eric's going to play. I mean, I want the kid to play, but, man, that, that doesn't sound too promising to me no. unless there's some kind of CIA you know, cover-up <laughs> going on out there.
0: Yeah, I just pulled it up while we were talking about it, Steve. So here, here's the answer. The question was, what's it been like interacting with Eric off the field, on the sidelines in practice? Uh, and the question was this, or the answer from Steve, pardon me, was this. Most definitely. Eric's a fighter, no doubt about it. That guy's one of the toughest guys I know in my life. He's positive. He still uplifts the team. He's not selfish. He's not wishing bad. He's pulling for us, and the only thing we can do for him is pull away with these wins and hopefully win a bowl game for him. But he's been positive so far, and it's been great. Uh, So, I don't like to take too, too much. I'd like to see, like, the video of that and the context of the question, but it sure sounded like they're at least getting in the mind frame, Steve, now you, Steve, in Bolvinsville, not Steve Ishmael, that they could be without him the rest of the year. Like, they're preparing themselves mentally, and, you know, I'll talk to Dino about it later, but I think they're just going to go through the same routine, see what happens, but if I'm putting money on it, uh, Zach Mahoney's playing quarterback this week, and I would probably bet on next week, too.
2: I uh, agreed. I just wanted to bring that up for anybody that has hopes that he plays. Again, I hope he does. But that doesn't sound real good to me, and uh, I hope you have a good night, sir.
0: Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it, man. And look, you're now at the point where Dino said it last week, and I'll ask him about it later, and the big thing is can he protect himself? Can he play the game he needs to play? You don't want to put him out there. I'm not a doctor, certainly, but if he was going through the warm-up and going through the procedure that you normally did, and it truly was a game-time decision, then he probably can't make the injury worse. Like, if he can make the injury worse, and I don't want to make a presumption here that I'm wrong on, but if he can make that thing worse, they're not putting him out there at all. They shut him down. The medical staff says, no, if you do this, you could make that worse, or you know the risk. You know, it's different. You know, foot injuries are different than concussions, right? But even if he gets that check mark, and Dino feels he can't protect himself and everything that you would want, a coach to sign off on, then how effective is he going to be? Because is a seventy percent Eric Dungey better than a one hundred percent Zach Mahoney? Zach Mahoney, to his undying credit, goes out there, two hundred ninety seven yards, three touchdowns, great first half. Second half, you know, the Wake Forest defense kind of caught up to him and that's a concern against Louisville this week, but Wake Forest defense much better. Wake Forest much better in the trenches. The quarterback thing, obviously, is in favor of Louisville. So there's things that Wake Forest did that Louisville cannot. The big advantage Louisville has is the quarterback, right? That's obvious. But Steve Ishmael did, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you read that, that kind of sounds like past tense. It kind of sounds like, you know, they've either been informed or, or getting in the mind frame of he gone. Now, I brought up that basketball article. I just wanted to go through this real quick because it's funny. i discovered, you know, if I really sat down and went through this with a fine-tooth comb like Mike did, it probably wouldn't have went a lot better. But, you know, Mike was asking some of us about this. He's like, hey, I'm doing this article, and who comes to mind when you do this? And, you know, Mike was nice enough to ask me. And when he did it, I was like, I'm thinking about it. And I started, you know, I— Cheated a little bit. Looked, you know, what you would do, you go back, do a little research, and I'm like, I am not good at this game. (laughs) I just am not good at this. It's come up on the show before, too, or I'll do, you know, radio spots and other places where people will just ask, who does this guy remind you of? And I have always found that I'm not good at that game. I'm not good at comparing current players to former players. Sometimes it's pretty obvious, but just generally I was like, so Mike gets back to me before he published this article. He said, so what do you think? I'm like, You know what I think is, I'm not good at this. So then he sent me his list, and we kind of compared notes a little bit, and I was like, man, next time just don't even ask me because you nailed it, bro. So here's the deal. I'm going to go through it real quick, and you can read Mike's article about this. He goes more into detail about why he compared these players to these players, but see if this makes sense to you. So Barama Sadaibi, he compared to Baimu Sakeda. I think that's a great pick. O'Shea Brissett, he compared to Chris Joseph. I think those shooting strokes are certainly very similar. Merrick Doljai, let's stay positive now, he compared to Louis Orr. Both you know skinny players that certainly got bigger in athleticism and how hard they played, and I think that's a good one. I like this. I, I was even struggling with Tyus Battle, but then when Mike sent me his list, I was like, Come on, how could I have not thought of that one? Dion Waiters. Tyus Battle, Dion Waiters, I think is an apt comparison. Geno Thorpe's tough because we haven't seen a lot of Geno. Mike went with uh, Elamil Nelson, who was on the uh, 96 Final Four team. Not only do they look the same, same hairstyles, but uh, comparable games as well. Mike went Frank Howard to Michael Binege. Okay, you can see that. Howard Washington to Tyler Ennis. And not just because they're both Canadian, right? Matthew Moyer to, I, I just love these old school names that pop up and you see the photos from the mid '80s when you do these things. Herman Harreid, nice. And then uh, what has to be my favorite one? Pascal Chukwu and Billy Selick. At first glance, you, your your eyebrow kind of raises on that, but then you read Mike's explanation, you're like, uh yeah, that's <laughs> that's actually really good. So go read that. I I retweeted it earlier uh, at Tax Media on Twitter. Certainly can find it on Syracuse.com. Great stuff from Mike. So. Uh, next time he does something like this, or if they do it for football, uh, I will just say I'm going to pass on that because I stink at this game. How about Scooter in Jamesville? He's next up here. 437-7644. Scoot, what's up, man?
1: Professor X, man, listen, don't have to step too late tonight. They got a little Hopkins watch, 9 o'clock on ESPN2, playing in yeah. the Yeah,
0: how about Mike Hopkins coaching at Madison Square Garden with <laughs> another Isn't team? Yeah. That, that will be odd, but I'm definitely going to watch that game. That's going to be cool, too.
1: Of course, of course. Uh, if, you know, you have to you know, take your nap. If you, I'm sorry because your 25th ranked. Boise State will be playing 15 on the ESPN2 against of course. Tonight? No, no. That's uh, A uh, uh, Saturday night. Oh, Saturday oh, this weekend. To, you know, get, get your nap in, but if they win that. Uh, they wrap up their side of the uh, the conference division. Uh, to, you know, to be ready for the uh, finals in there. So, well, listen, the Air Force they're in it if so. they
0: win and a couple teams lose at the bottom of that uh, top 25 your boys are in man so uh, they could they could yeah. find themselves in the poll next week
1: that'd be nice that'd be nice uh, you know I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we got a fan that votes in uh, in Syracuse so they do win and actually only uh, you know go actually uh, 9 and uh, 9 and 2 going into going into uh, the final game they might put them in the ap top 25 too i think right why not uh the, uh, the Louisville game it's it, it, it's interesting you know from a fan standpoint just you know just to have fun, I was looking forward to this game until I heard the weather conditions. i mean this game this game would be a four and a half hour game, probably without the weather and it just would have been a fun game. I think it would set lake fours uh, the over under might be hundred and twenty if this game was in perfect weather conditions' because I didn't think both teams could stop each other at full strength. That was this win situation. I'd be very interesting. Uh, it, it, the wind The wind is more important than the rain. It's raining, you know, you know it's, a, it's a field turf. That's it. a factor, not care about that. Can, wind, Zach Mahoney, a X-Man?
0: Yeah, can Zach Mahoney make all those throws in the wind? You know, the, a lot of Syracuse's passing game is, you know, that short intermediary, intermediary passing game. You're not chucking the ball 30 yards down the field every play, but you have to sometimes. And Steve Ishmael's a great deep threat, and you got a couple guys that can get down the field. So, It'd be a lot more, you know, I'd love to see him use Ravian Pierce more. We know that her Phillips is great in the short passing game. So they can get around it, Scoot. But, yeah, I wish I had read the weather before I picked Syracuse to win. I don't know if it would have changed my pick, but you just, that's, you know, that's the factor right there. You you, you can't read, even if you read a forecast, like when they went to Miami, there was the possibility of something, but Miami's weather is so weird. They seem a little more sure that at least it's going to be windy. I'll talk to Bob Velvano about it later, but, it seems that no matter what, Scoot, weather will affect this game somehow, way.
1: You know, it's interesting, Next man, this might be just like the Florida State scenario, or this team looks like it could, you know, look at when you, ask your guests, they probably won't say it, but it looks like this team, if they get behind, might quit outside of the outside of Jackson. I, I've seen them, they look like they have Wake Forest game. They sort of lay down once they got down. They did. By a lot. And to me, it's like the Florida State. If we can punch them in the mouth early, you know, maybe we can take everything out and Hopefully it uh, would be the same scenario, but we got to get, you know, we you know, we haven't led in, uh, any of those road games, you know, not one one game yet. You know, the, the games have been closed, but we
0: haven't led yet. It's time, I, and thanks for the call, Zoe Scoot. I'd like to see them check that box this year. Get a, a significant road win. It's significant in the sense of you've got to keep winning this year in the short term to get to 6-6. Six and six. It's significant that you check that box, and they also have had a really bad record in the month of November. We'll break on that note. We will come back with more hot takes coming up in a busy 5 o'clock hour, as mentioned, with Jim behind Bob Velvano, and Dino Baber. Stay right there. Back after this.
2: This is On the Block with Brent Axe.
0: Welcome back. Glad to have you here. Let's do this, shall we? we got a fancy open for it and everything. Hot take time, baby. <laughs>
2: I've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why? Thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot.
0: So hot it yes!
2: <laughs> Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot
0: I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. Hey, Giant fans. How are things going these days, huh? You guys good? Here's uh, your head coach, uh, well, for now, anyway. We know we'll be around for the rest of the season. After that, pal, all bets are off. But for now, here's your head coach, Ben McAdoo. Uh, we had a great uh, great meeting this morning. Uh, gave him some time uh, after the West Coast trip to get their legs back. Had a good practice today, and uh, we're moving on. Did you, how much did you sense guys were disappointed with their effort on Sunday? Uh, we had a long, hard, honest meeting this morning. I think that's a better question for the players.
2: What was your message
1: to them in that meeting?
0: Uh, message to them in the meeting. Uh, we had some uh, some some open uh, conversations, some hard talk, some some plain talk, some simple talk. Uh, played some film. We we're brutally honest with each other. A brutally honest meeting, and I wrote about this a bit on Syracuse.com. Jay Bromley had a quote about that. And for now, look, okay, they know. Agree or disagree with the decision made by John Mara and and Jerry Re- Jerry Reese and you know, the organization to go forward. And everybody was saying that beforehand. I questioned it a little bit, and people that follow the Giants more closely, Seth included, said, no, they're not going to do it. They don't fire coaches during the season. It's just the giant way. They'll evaluate afterwards and go from there. It really doesn't make a difference, because you fire Ben McAdoo, let Steve Spagnuolo run the team the rest of the year. I mean, it's not like they're going to all of a sudden rattle off six wins in a row and turn this boat around. But a 1-8, seven games to go. They are a ten and a half point underdog at home this weekend. Has that that Seth? Maybe you can look this up. Maybe you know as a Giants fan. That's got to be one of the biggest deficits they've ever had at home. It has to be. If it's not the, I'd be willing to place a wager, for entertainment purposes only, that that's a top five Giants point spread at home. They have allowed eighty two points in the last two games. They've lost lost each of their past three games by double digits 14 plays of over 20 yards in the past two weeks and that's just it it's one thing if you're just not a good team it's one thing if you're losing but it's competitive and you're just not there yet this was a playoff team last year they are getting destroyed defensively Mike Francesa made a really good joke last night, and he did one of the, you know, our boy Francesa. he's got like a month left, and he did this big event last night. Hey, Mikey, Mikey, Mad Dog showed up, and he was, I got to pull it up now, because I think uh, Mad Dog showed up to this thing. It was this big event that they did in Long Island, I want to believe. It, it, it was like in a big auditorium. And I saw our good friend, remember our good friend Kevin Mar. used to work at Channel 5. He's down in, in Long Island now. And I want to get this quote right because I, uh, as the kids would say, I LOL'd at this because it was about the Giants defense. Uh, yeah. Here it is. Francesa and Mad Dog ripping on the Giants. Mike says, quote, dog hits harder than Janoris Jenkins. Francesa's got jokes. That's hot. That was hot. That's pretty good. I like that. But that's just it. Normally when you think of the Giants, defense is not the problem, but defense is the problem. But if you have a high draft pick, and it certainly appears they're going to do that, do you take a quarterback in a quarterback-rich draft and build for the future? And certainly Eli Manning's days are numbered. Or do you address some bigger issues on that team? This has got to be one of the more complex times to be a Giant fan because you're not used to being this bad. You're not used to having this high of a draft pick. You're not used to having to address several holes on the roster. If they do start over, you know, you look at the Bills who have done this a time or two. If you'd like advice on this, Giant fans, I'm uh, available for consulting. But it's like I've said with the Bills all along. When you ask for change, you get change. So if you're a Giant fan that wants to see Jerry Reese go and Ben McAdoo go, well, traditionally, the Giants have been a team that wins, has been competitive. But if they hit the reset button, which they certainly don't do often, even when they, you know, pushed Tom Coughlin out, everybody else stayed a couple years ago. This is a complete redo, which will test ownership, whoever they bring in as the GM, and of course whoever they bring in as the new head coach. But that's hot. Where do you start? For now, they have a brutally honest meeting. Well, that what what's that gonna do? You were brutally honest about how much you stink? I mean, it's just it's it's pointless. This Roger Goodell, Jerry Jones thing is not going away. As a matter of fact, it's actually heating up. Uh, The Associated Press, Wall Street Journal, and others obtained a letter written for the NFL's compensation committee that was sent to Jerry Jones' attorney. So Jerry Jones, to his credit, has been a renegade on certain things, and he has changed the way the league operates. He has made a lot of money doing this. The Fox deal that took place about 20 years ago was essentially Jerry Jones challenging the structure of the league. He's gotten certain sponsorship rules changed. I mean, Jerry Jones has been one of the most effective owners with one of the most, you know, powerful voices in the room. And to this point, one of the more respected voices. He's quickly losing here. You find out how much power you really have. And there's not a list very long of people more powerful than Jerry Jones. Say you want about Roger Goodell. He's got the might of the league office, and he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve. So, this letter got sent to Jerry Jones' attorney, David Boyce, who, by the way, is also Harvey Weinstein's attorney, which once again proves the theory about who, you know, who always wins these things, kids? Billable hours. Go be a lawyer. Uh, The letter saying, quote, now this is the NFL to Jerry Jones' lawyer, your client's antics whatever their motivation, are damaging the league and reflect conduct detrimental to the league's best interests. Someone who is genuinely concerned that the owners know the truth about the negotiations would not deliberately distribute such an outdated document, particularly when he was in his possession drafts that are current and accurately reflect the actual state of negotiations or threaten to sue the league and its owners if he does not get his way, the letter said. Now, this was about the negotiations about Roger Goodell's contract extension. One prominent owner who wished to remain anonymous telling the Wall Street Journal, quote, I have zero awareness of any such conversations, but adding the league has options to consider conduct detrimental to the league built into the league constitution. You know what that means? They can take that team from him. This is, I think... A shot across the bow, but one that is as close as it can get without engaging. Okay? They're telling Jerry, enough. Enough. Roger Goodell has thrown his trump card down because he's got owners on his side. The committee that wants to push him through wants to push him through. Jerry has rattled his saber. He has made his point, but... Given all the negative publicity surrounding the league this year, it's been about everything but football, and the football generally hasn't been that good. So the NFL, there was a story I read today about how they could lose about $500 million in television revenue. So nothing will get their attention more than losing that kind of, even billionaires don't like to lose that kind of money, right? So this is the league saying, stop it. When you're throwing around things and letters are being sent to the media that outlines what's in the league constitution to take away someone's franchise. And it's not just someone, it's Jerry Jones, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, one of the five most valuable franchises in sports. Now that's hot. We're talking. Now we got us a fight. And now we got to see what Jerry's response will be, which will probably be to back off. And he would be wise to do so. Do you want to learn how to play basketball? Do you know who can teach you how to play basketball? Basketball. How about Steph Curry? The two-time MVP is partnering with Masterclass to embark on his first online courses in which he will teach, in a video component, the fundamentals of what makes him one of the most skilled, creative players in the NBA. In an exclusive interview with ESPN, Curry explained his passion for sharing his knowledge of the game, saying, quote, If I think about where I was when I was 13, if I had access to this type of curriculum, I would have been a much better and faster player. It took me a while to learn how to practice and do the drills the right way. I want people to see how I invest in my game, how I train, what I do in my workouts, and what is my mental approach. Masterclass, if you're not familiar... Is an online educational platform that offers classes by experts in their respective field. Serena Williams can teach you how to play tennis. Samuel L. Jackson can teach you how to act. Christina Aguilera can teach you how to sing. How much does it cost? Uh, enrollment fees ninety bucks for an individual class and one hundred and eighty dollars for a year of unlimited access. So if you got that kind of scratch line around, Steph can teach you how to play basketball. Uh, without due respect, Steph, I still have my VHS copy of Bayheim on Basketball, so I'm good. I'm good. I'm all set. That's hot. You ever see Beheim on Basketball? What? Pull that thing up, man. That is... I don't think I've done this, and don't steal my idea if you're listening, but I want to watch that and do a running diary of it. The problem is, I've got to find a working VCR. <laughs> That's become an issue these days, so uh, if like, your grandma still has a VCR, let me know. I might want to... Come hang out and watch that because it's the only way I can still watch that thing. And finally, uh, President Trump is freed the UCLA. Uh, ugh, I can talk. Take two. President Trump freed, of course, the UCLA trio, the three basketball players that were, you know, shoplifting sunglasses. And he's hitting Twitter to the three UCLA players. I say you're welcome. Go out, give a big thank you to President Xi of China, made your release possible. China, and have a great life. Be careful. There are many pitfalls on the long and winding road of life. Trump was some good advice there, actually. There are many pitfalls on the long and winding road of life. Go watch the statements that the players read. It seemed like they were in a state prison in China when they read that thing. I mean, looking down, looking at... And we'd like to thank President Trump and the United States government for the help that they provided us. To President Trump and the United States government, thank you for taking the time to intervene on our behalf. We really appreciate you helping us out. I mean, they all read the same statement, but they didn't thank the Chinese president, so now Trump wants him to do that. and that's Look, that's a good thing that Trump did. All bias, all kidding aside. Timing was great, he was there, dropped the line to the president, got him out, because if this was just three random college kids over in China doing this, I'm not familiar with the Chinese legal system, but they might still be there. (laughs) And they're not getting President Trump to intervene, or any president for that matter, to intervene on their behalf. But it's never enough. you got to think, this guy, you got to think, that guy, now he's going to puff out his chest. It's not a humble thing that he did, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. You owe me one now. So what's the indefinite suspension for those guys? I say three games. If I was a betting man, a few games, major point, this all blows over, and they get back out there soon. Particularly if UCLA loses a couple games coming up here. On that note, we will take a break. We will come back. What a busy 5 o'clock hour on this show. Jim Bayheim, he of the famed Bayheim on basketball VHS tape. Bob Velvano, Dino Babers. Woo! That's a busy hour. We'll do it coming up.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.